Welcome to episode 104 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How's it going, man? Dude, I, we just we had to record something after what happened last night. I know. We, we, we have to. We, we haven't had many opportunities to record after basketball wins, so get, we have to take every opportunity we can get, especially since the season's winding down here. Oh, winding down is an understatement. We yeah. are... We're at the end. Basically, we're we're at the last two games of the season. I mean, I, in theory, there could be more, but let's let's just call it what it is. Probably the last two games of the season. Yeah, I mean, how about a way to pull out a win in Waco, led by Yorane and Isaac Likely? Really, they they were the two main guys for this team that really led the charge and helped bring the Cowboys back from multiple deficits there in the second half, beating Baylor for the first time since uh, 2015, February of 2015. Uh, this this was a big win, and now we're going to play for ninth place. It's weird saying that, but we're playing for ninth place against uh, West Virginia on Saturday, and, you know, that, that'll end the regular season. But, I, you know, it just makes you feel good, and we talked about it earlier this week, you know, how much these guys deserve a win and how, much, how badly they need one. And for them to find a way to get one after really emptying the tank against two ranked teams earlier in the week or last week, it, it feels good for them, and I'm so happy for, for them. Uh, for them getting that win. Yeah, I, I don't like saying, I don't like the word deserved in sports. No one deserves I, I agree. anything. You have to go out and earn it. That said, there is something to teams that fight through the hardship they fought. I don't want to say they deserve a win. Finally getting over the hump and, and, and getting something that they've worked hard for. Right, that's the better um, way to put it, yeah. Like, this team has been so close so many times this season. They came back against... TCU on the road. They took Texas Tech to overtime. Had to come back, but to see them finally, and and this has been on the road. Like think yeah. of how many twice them on the road. They come back on the road against Baylor, and and get a win that they just hadn't been able to. I'm I'm glad things kind of finally broke their way, and and they were able to to finish the game strong and get this W. The other thing I think that is important, as you mentioned, you know, Yorne and Likely, is that that win was really led by your two of your three freshmen. Yeah. Um, the two guys starting who have been to watch them develop. You coming into the year, I don't think we 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 really thought or realized the impact or growth that Likely and Ane would have this season. I, I really don't. I don't. I mean, I, I had I, a this feeling. This is a weird thing to say, but of all the freshmen to get booted off the team, I'm really glad these are two of the ones that weren't. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I agree with you there. And just you know, I had a feeling likely it was going to break out in a big way at some point this year. And I think this the game against TCU was a great example. West Virginia, and then this game against Baylor, all three on the road happening to be. But you saw at times like they couldn't stop him driving into the paint. And he was finishing at will. And then Yorane just continues blocking shots. And obviously he set the freshman record third all time in a season. He has 70 on the year. He's probably going to finish, if I had to guess, he's going to finish probably in the top five, if not pretty close to the top of the leaderboard for career blocks by the time he's done at Oklahoma State. But he keeps proving me wrong and I keep bringing it up on this podcast. But I went back and actually looked at what I wrote. Uh, after watching the open practice about Yorane because I just needed to laugh at myself and how much of an idiot I am. Um, I said, 
talking about the freshman, the only guy I don't see getting a lot of playing time yet is Yorane. He's fairly undersized at six foot ten. He can spell guys at the end of a half, but I don't see him getting big minutes from him quite yet. Yeah, I'm an idiot, and I'm so glad that I'm an idiot at this point. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. There, again, there, there's a reason why I sit behind a microphone and talk about uh, talk about sports, attempting to seem like I know what the hell I'm talking about, and Mike Boynton is a Division One basketball coach. <laughs> well, I mean, look, he looked like a baby giraffe to start he, the season. He yes. really did. He was long, I mean, he could block shots, but he wasn't much more effective than that. There, he Offensively, his game wasn't there. Just playing base defense, he was okay, but he he just wasn't ready. But yeah, he could block shots. It's that he has developed every other aspect of his game. He can he can score now. He's a much better offensive weapon. He can hit free throws. His defense has improved. Like he's still not great, but from from day one to now, defensively, he has shown real improvement. And it's his all around game. His shots continue to be there. His shot blocking, but it's that everything else has developed is what's really impressive. And I. I go back to, and I, I feel bad because I can't remember who it was that I interviewed. I interviewed a former player um, right after Boynton got hired and asked about him because we didn't know much about him and, and really about his impact on, on the development of players. And, and, and what I was told then was that one of the reasons that Mitchell Solomon saw such improvement his junior season was because of Mike Boynton, that Mike Boynton was great at developing players. He did a great job in that particular area. So now you've got Mitchell Solomon, who by his senior year was the most important player on the team, transitioning to URNA, who we have saw seen real development with. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's something to, you've now had two straight centers for OSU who have shown immense improvement under Mike Boynton. He seems to have a knack for, for developing these guys. And I don't think I'm overstating this, and we talked about this before we started recording, that Yorne right now looks like the best center Oklahoma State has had in more than a decade. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think that's hyperbole whatsoever. Just from a sheer all-around game standpoint, he is the best that I've seen in a very long time at this school. And it's, it's exciting for him to see this potential and see this development he's had as a freshman. It's, I can only imagine how good he's going to be next year and onward. Yeah, I like I said, I, I feel good about the future with what we've seen from these two. Demuth still has a lot of work to do, but um, this is a class. These two in particular are going to be fun to watch moving forward. Um, obviously, Saturday is the last regular season game, the last home game against West Virginia. It's not really senior day because there aren't any seniors. Um, this is a battle for ninth place. West Virginia and OSU are tied in the w- w- same record in conference play. Both have four wins. Winner is ninth and plays TCU in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. Loser is 10th, plays OU in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. So I, it is a, it's a big game, and there's something else to play for. Like, it's one more win. It's winning back-to-back. It's defending your home court against a team that's bad. And, I mean, it, I just, I really hope fans, I know that there is a certain amount of the fan base who's still very loyal to this team and watches the team and follows the team. But I realize that the fan base isn't going to show up in in mass numbers on Saturday. But I hope there's enough of a crowd there to impact the game for OSU because I you really don't want to lose to this West Virginia squad. It'd be nice to get the nine seed. You would finish above what was projected to happen this season. And I realize it's one spot. But after all the adversity this team has dealt with, all the issues they've dealt with off the court, the players getting kicked off the team, it would be really nice to finish in ninth 
and win your last two games of the regular season, no matter what happens in the Big 12 tournament, and kind of just feel some positivity heading into the offseason. Yeah, I, I wish I could be at the game on Saturday. I feel bad that I'm not going to be there, but I'll be out of town flying to Phoenix tomorrow morning, actually. So, but I'll be I'll be keeping tabs from there, and I'll be, sh- be I'll be sure to watch it. But I, I hate the fact that I'm not going to be in Gallagher for this one for that, and to see that they're uh, raising the championship banner uh, for the golf team at that game as well. So there's a lot going on there. Not no seniors to to honor obviously on this team, but if nothing else, go out and support the guys one more time before they head to Kansas City for the Big Twelve tournament. And there, and Boynton said it last night, they get new life in Kansas City. So if they can get in there on a high note, you know, maybe we can see what happens. I'm not saying that they're going to go and find a way to mess around and win, you know, the whole thing. But if they can win a game there, at least that gives a lot of momentum, you know, going into next season with all the talent that's coming in that Boynton's bringing in as well. Uh, moving on to baseball here, they got a win against Wichita State yesterday, uh, their seventh win on the year before they head to Southern California to play USC, UCLA, and Michigan. Um, this is a big win, obviously, uh, Wichita State is consistently a solid program, and this is one of the bigger rivals that Oklahoma State has had over the course of the years. Uh, but, you know, to finish off an eight-game homestand, it's been kind of up and down at times. This This was a big win for this team, I feel like. Yeah, I think it was a solid win. Um, I don't... At the end of the season, it may have a nice effect on on RPI. Um, I think my biggest takeaway was just I didn't realize outside of after Oklahoma, historically Wichita State is OSU's biggest rival in baseball, and I didn't I didn't realize that. It's kind of interesting. Um, I think most people would have guessed ORU just because they play two three times every year. They're in state, um, but I, I do think I think OSU views Wichita State as the rival, and, and ORU kind of views OSU. It's, and I'd hate to make the comparison, but it's kind of like. Football with OU to Texas and no issue to OU. Like there's just, there's a different perception. But from an Oklahoma State standpoint, you know, beating a team you vi- you view as your rival um, was really good. I do want to give a shout out to those who follow the team and know the name Greg, who hasn't been great um, on Saturdays. He came in uh, and, and, and was the reliever in the eighth inning, and actually uh, he did a pretty solid job. So it was good to see him put up a nice performance and a good midday game or midweek game. Um, and I'm, I'm pumped to see what they do this weekend in LA. Yeah. Speaking of Logan Gregg real quick, I, you know, as I've kind of watched him a little bit, I just didn't know if he was going to be able to go consistently, you know, multiple innings. He's a guy that has good stuff, but sometimes it just doesn't play over the course of a full game or of course of multiple innings. I think he profiles really good and really well as a back end of the bullpen guy that can give you one inning, give you a max effort and get you a couple ground balls and get out of the inning. And he was able to do that last night. Worked around a walk and a hit early on, uh, but no damage done. And then Ben Leeper comes in and finishes it off. Brett Stanley's been great. Uh, four strikeouts and two innings. Uh, CJ Varela, three innings. But they pretty much bullpen this one. They uh, had eight pitchers actually go in this one. Uh, Noah Seyfert's the only one that didn't record an out. But they had eight pitchers come in, found a way to combine for a win in a very offensive performance. Uh, the other thing I like is that they were able to get production one through nine in the lineup, they're not having to rely too much on one guy in the middle of the order, which is really refreshing to see that sort of talent top to bottom. Andrew Navigato to, in the two-hole, three for four, two RBIs and a home run. Colin Simpson finally hit a home run there. Uh, two for four, four RBIs, sacrifice fly. Trevor Boone down in the batting eighth, two for four, two RBIs. Bryce Carter, one for two and a walk and a hit RBI. So seeing multiple guys that you can go to in the lineup, you know, from top to bottom, that's great moving forward, especially for a team that is going to hit like Oklahoma State's going to all season. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm looking, I'm looking forward to LA. I'm looking forward to yeah, that's going to be a big test, and obviously that's a that's a great area for the Oklahoma State, and they get to play in Dodger Stadium too, so that's not a bad deal at all. You know, win, win or loss, that is awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we hit this one pretty quick. Do you have any final thoughts here? Uh, two final thoughts. First one is um, just one last thought on basketball. Um, if if you are hoping OSU can make a, a run in the in the Big Twelve tournament. You want to be the nine seed. Right now, you would rather face TCU, who's lost three in a row and six of their last seven, than OU. OU's up and down, but of those two teams, if OSU can beat West Virginia get the nine seed, they have a legitimate shot at beating TCU again. TCU is struggling. They're looking like they're about to be out of the NCAA tournament. If you're hoping OSU can somehow make some magical run, that's where you want them to finish. You want them to be ninth. You want to face TCU in that first round. Um, final thought, um, on my show, the 1012 podcast, uh, we had Chris Tupasso from CBS sports on the show today on, on Thursday's show. Um, and we talked about the NFL combine and the draft. He covers both of those for CBS and he had some really good stuff to say about justice Hill's performance at the combine, including that he thinks Hill really, really improved his draft stock from maybe fourth, fifth round up to a day two pick. Um, so I, I go check that out. He had a lot of really good things to say about Justice Hill. We had some other stuff to talk about with, with Kyler Murray and Will Greer and uh, Big 12 receivers overall. Um, so go check that out. Yeah, I'll be sure to listen to that on my way to classroom. I'm actually heading that way in a few minutes. But I'm excited for Justice Hill. He made himself a lot of money at the Combine last week. He had a turned in a great performance, one of the best running backs that was there. Um, I really don't have any final thoughts. I think I hit what I want to talk about. It was nice to talk about a basketball win, baseball win, and I'm ready for a good weekend. Sunny and 75 in Phoenix, and I'm I'm just ready for that. It'll be a nice little relaxing weekend. Enjoy, sir. Enjoy. All right. You have a good weekend as well, Philip. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Follow me personally at OKTXARPoke. I've a lot of issue stuff, and then, of course, other things. All right, follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF, and we'll be back hopefully talking about a couple, uh, you know, a good weekend in Cowboy baseball, and then hopefully Oklahoma State doesn't finish dead last in the Big 12 basketball. So looking for a big win against West Virginia this weekend, and we will talk to everyone after the weekend.